seeing the the vitriol, the anger, the essentially people being dicks on Twitter as just like it got to the point where if you're going to be like a super dick for like attacking me or my friends, instant block. Station. My name is Brandon T. McClure. With you as always on this journey through your podcast, your favorite podcaster's fandom. I'm a little rusty. It's been a couple of weeks. I'm so sorry that this episode is so late. The things in my life got very hectic and uh, things needed to be put aside. And unfortunately, this is uh, the podcast that does not require my immediate attention, unlike Fake Nerd Podcast. Um, that doesn't mean to say I'm not passionate about it. It's just I need to prioritize uh, certain other things in my life. But we're back. Uh, I'm happy to be back. I've recorded some new episodes. Um, fair warning, though, I am playing with the idea of uh, just running up these, la- these later episodes and um, taking a bit of a break. Uh, I will tell you more about that on my decision next week. I definitely wanted to get this episode out this week, though, because uh, I feel very bad uh, for my guest this week, which is Ben Magnet, who is my co-host, who is one of my, fo- my one of my co-hosts and one of my good friends on the Fake Nerd Podcast. Uh, he has been waiting eagerly for this episode to drop for a while, and I've uh, I just felt bad that I, I kept pushing it. Um, it ended up becoming a joke on the show. Uh, if you listen to the Fickner podcast, I'm sure, sure you've heard it. Um, so here, here it is. Finally, the Ben Magnet episode. Um, I'm excited to finally put this one out. It's a good one. Um, he's a good friend of mine. We talk about his history of fandom, which I found to be very unique and enlightening. Um, he has a lot of really good, uh, stories that I think people can relate to. And that's really... Uh, where I think the value in this episode comes from. Uh, he talks a lot about his family in the beginning. He talks a lot about his journey into uh, fandom uh, circles, um, getting into uh, other spaces, such as the retro gaming community, which he has been killing it in these past couple of weeks uh, with his show, Basement Arcade Pause Menu, and uh, his articles for Old School Gamer Magazine. I highly recommend them. I'll link the most recent one of both down below. Um, in case you guys haven't seen them or heard them or read them, I think that covers the, all the mediums that I just mentioned. Um, and, and towards the end of the episode, uh, we get into sports fandom, which I found to be a lot of fun to talk about. Uh, I do kind of want to get more in depth in it a little later on in the, in the life of the show. So, um, maybe he'll come back on and we'll discuss it more or I'll find a dedicated sports podcast to talk about it. Um, speaking of sports podcasts, there was some talk about him doing a sports podcast on the fake nerd family podcast. It's probably not happening. Um, there's a lot going on in all of our lives right now. Uh, adding another show probably isn't feasible, but it would be kind of neat to see. I think he'd be good at it anyway. Um, I think that's all I have to say about this episode. I'm going for about three minutes. That's about what I want to do. So, uh, I did this all in one take. Yeah, that's awesome. So, without further ado, here's myself talking to Ben Magnet from the Fake Nerd Podcast. Okay, I am here with 
Ben Magnet from the Fake Nerd Podcast. How are you, sir? Doing well, sir. How are you? I'm good. Uh, thank you for doing this. As you, as I'm sure people who listen to the show already know, you're one of my co-hosts on the Fake Nerd mm-hmm. Podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've been mentioned on the Sparks Witty episode, I believe. Yeah, I yes. was, I was mentioned there. Um, I was mentioned on the uh, D20 Future podcast for a hot second. Um, yeah, That's I listen funny. to I listen I listen to all of your uh, to all of these, and there are times where I'm like, how do I bug Brandon to get me on without being annoying? Well, you did it. Congratulations. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, look, people who probably listen to the show already know about the Fake Nerd Podcast, but mm-hmm. just in case, why don't we? T- why don't you, in your own words, tell them uh, what the what Fake Nerd Podcast is? Uh, you know, you write for Old School Gamer Magazine. Why don't you just pitch yourself real quickly? Okay, so I mean. Yeah, so you and I were co were were half of the four co-hosts for Fake Nerd Podcast, which is a weekly nerd podcast where we just sit down and talk about nerd stuff. Um, uh, you mentioned I write for Old School Gamer Magazine. That's a retro video game website that I write freelance for. It that's pretty much everything to do with um, retro video games. Although sometimes I like to throw a little uh, a few current things in there, but it is retro inspired, so I say close enough. Mm-hmm. And yeah, um, on the Fake Nerds um, uh, network, I also have two other shows that I do, or at least two other shows I did do, because one of them, because since the pandemic started, I wasn't able to do it, uh, which is Base Arcade, which is our Let's Play show, where Brian and myself sit down and play video games, and, you know, pandemic, I wasn't able to go to his house and record playing video games with him. But I also just started doing Base Arcade Pause Menu, which essentially is a video game podcast where I just get some people to come come on air with me, sit down, and just talk video games for about an hour, hour and a half. And it's tangents are welcome. They're not just welcome; they're encouraged on that show. And it's Very a lot cool. of fun. I'm, I'm finally, I'm really glad I finally started doing um, Pause Menu because Pause Menu was something I wanted to do for a very long time, and now I'm finally doing it. And I'm like, man, I should have done this a lot sooner. But hey, better let than never, right? For uh, those of you listening, I highly recommend Pause Menu. It is a great show. Well, thank you, dude. You're welcome. Not as good as this one, I'm afraid. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Okay, so that's so basically that's all background that I'm sure people know, but you know, it's good to get it from you. Um, <clears throat> so why don't we talk about what I always tell people, what I always ask people before you got into fandom or before mm-hmm. you got into the podcast? Mm-hmm. How did you interact with fandom? Oh, that is a very easy answer. I didn't. Okay. Yeah. Um. Growing up, like when you're a kid, you like what you you, you like what you like. When you're a kid, like when I was a kid, I was very much into Pokemon. I was very much into Digimon. I was pretty much a lot of the stuff that us '90s kids were into. But there were times when I was growing up, I was getting older. Say, I was like, I was turning 11 or turning 12 or 13 or whatever. There were times where I would look at my old toys and the stuff and my video games. And I thought to myself, I was like, is it still cool for me to like this? Because unfortunately, I fell into the trap of I wanted to be the, one of the cool kids. I wanted to be one of the popular kids. I wanted to have some sort of status. And liking nerdy things, unfortunately, that wasn't part of the plan. Because it, it was still in the, an age of, um, oh, if you still like Pokemon when you're a 13 year old, you're going to get made fun of it for it. You're probably mm-hmm. going to, I mean, you're not going to get beat up, but you're definitely going to get ridiculed for it. It's like, oh, this kid likes Pokemon. He likes kid stuff. Cause the school I went to a lot, the, a lot of the mentality was you need to like, 
you want to like grow up quick. You want to like prove you're more mature than you really are. And you're like, Oh, but you're, but you're only like 13, 14 years old. Right. So, and even when I was in high school, I was still very, very cautious about my fandoms. Like I got, I started reading manga heavily in high school. I started reading, I started watching anime heavily in high school, but I was not there. I wasn't like, I was like in the nerd closet in a, in a way, like yeah. my friend, like my friends who knew I was into anime and manga, they knew, but I didn't like overtly um, show it. Yeah. It, you know, I think it's important to contextualize when you and you were, we're what they call elder millennials at this point. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you and I grew up in a time before the Marvel cinematic universe, yes. which really broke boundaries at the time. So you mm-hmm. and I, I mean, you more so because I didn't fall into, I was always a kid that got picked on, but. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, you know, me too. Um, but you, you fell into the trap of, of what many people do, um, be, you know, prior to the MCU, before it was seen as, as cool to be into these mm-hmm. things. Yeah, it was, I mean, looking back, it was, there were times where it was, where I wanted to go get the stuff I wanted to get. Like, I wanted to go get manga books, kind of like me going to the comic book store today. Yeah. Um, I definitely had a preferred parent to take me before I got my driver's license. Like my mom, she was like the most um, uh, accepting person or not was she's still alive. She is the most accepting person in the world. And back then she was more than happy to take me to the anime store to take me to borders, Barnes and Nobles. So I can just buy a, a crap ton of books. Whereas when, whenever my dad took me, I just felt so uncomfortable like I knew he didn't understand. I knew he didn't. He was like, he just look around. Like one time, he took me to an anime store, and I just told him, like, just sit in the car, just sit in the car. I'll be in and out in five minutes. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, I want to see what this is about. And of course, when you first walked into, uh, it's not there anymore, but a uh, Jump Anime over by Mount San Antonio College in Walnut, California. Uh, when you first walk in the door, right to your left are a bunch of uh, waifu figurines. Ooh, and yeah, yeah. So of course they weren't they were very scantily clad and my dad saw that and he was like oh so that's why you're into all this and of course i was like a teenager hormones were raging and i went in there to buy a um a rom-com manga love hina which is it's one of my absolute favorite uh series but instead of walking out with love hina i went and got like some of the most action-packed like testosterone fueled manga like which i was still i was reading I was reading like Ruani Kenshin. I think I found a Gundam series there, but I just, I went in there wanting one thing and then I saw, and then since my dad took me, I was like, okay, I got to make him like think that I'm like still like, oh, he doesn't, it, it was, it was just weird back then. I mean, now I don't care, thankfully, but back then it was still like, what does my dad think about this? And I think one time he and my mom actually dig into an argument because when we were walking home from, uh, or we were walking to the car after shopping, my dad was mentioning about how he needed to get home to watch a uh, to watch a Brazilian TV show because he speaks fluent Portuguese and he was watching Brazilian TV to um, to practice essentially speaking Portuguese. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Oh yeah, we gotta get home because there's certain shows on." And then I heard my mom say, "He's like, yeah, your Brazilian stories. That's Ben's books that he likes. So don't stop trying to say that he need that this is a phase or he needs to stop reading those." So you touched on you touched on a couple of things there that I want to that I want to go back to. Um, the so there is a real pressure in school, mm-hmm. you know, when we were growing up, and I'm sure there still is, um, 
to be cool. Oh yeah. You know, you always want to be the, 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 the cool person nowadays. I can only imagine cause I'm not in school nor do I have any children. Mm-hmm. Um, if you wear a Frieza shirt, like I am, uh, yeah. people are going to think that's cool. But back then certainly it was not. I mean, if you were in like, because I wore, I had a Dragon Ball Z shirt when I was in sixth grade. No one said anything because you're in sixth grade. You could still like Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. But if I were to wear that Dragon Ball Z shirt, say, in middle school or even high school. Middle school is sixth grade. What's up? Middle school is sixth grade. Oh, not for me. Oh, okay. So, okay, real quickly for, for people who don't listen, who people who are not in America, uh, the American school system is... Uh, Weird. I'll say it. Fucked. Um, <laughs> for for what Ben is describing is very is very foreign to to even me, and yeah. we went to school in the same state. Yeah, I, for me, elementary school was K through K through five. Yeah, for me it was K through six. Yeah, then that was middle school six through eight, mm-hmm. and then high school was uh, nine through twelve. The thing is, when when I left that six that that middle school, that school shut down, and the high school became six through twelve. Oh, and now in many places in America, that's also changing is that that it is now six mm-hmm. through 12 is high school and yeah. middle school is kind of be, is kind of disappearing. Yeah, it's it's kind of fizzing out, which I mean, to be perfectly honest, middle, my two years of middle school were the absolute worst years of schooling in my entire life. Hey, you went through like, two years. I went through three. That's so yeah. weird. It's so I mean, weird. It, it is weird because the funny enough, uh, when I transferred high schools, the, there was a middle school right next to my high school. That like ninety percent of the kids who I went to school with, you know, they they came from there, yeah. And they're like, oh yeah, I, I was there from like I was there for three years. I'm like, what do you mean three years? Because I always thought middle school was like seven seventh grade and eighth grade, mm-hmm. not six not six seven and eight. So when I found that out, I was like, man, this is that's that was like when you said it was foreign to you, it was foreign to me as well because I thought middle school was only two years. Man, I don't get our school system anyway but let's move on to yeah, what we were going back to yeah but uh yeah the pressures of the pressures of being cool that was definitely felt in middle school um especially middle school especially my eighth grade year because that's when my younger brother joined and my bro- younger brother when he was in school he was definitely the the cool kid and like mm-hmm. he was in a band he played guitar um he didn't have horrendous acting like i did and it was, I was just falling more and more and more into the stereotype because I had glasses on, I had braces on. Well, luckily the braces weren't the big thing, but it was like the glasses, the acne. And if you were to go into my room, there would be um, some manga there. So already I was falling into the the archetype of, oh, he is just a sweaty, socially awkward nerd. Mm-hmm. And I tried my damnedest to get out of that archetype, but still holding on. To the things like, I mentioned this on pause menu a few times, but there there was once when my brother and his bandmates held us a, a faux intervention for me, saying that I was never going to get a girlfriend if I like kept if I kept playing video games like Final Fantasy. Gross. Yeah, it was messed up. Um, I mean, luckily now that's luckily now, thankfully, no one gives a don't no gives a damn. But back then, it was really, I mean, even when I did finally start dating my very first girlfriend, I was very awkward about telling her what I liked. Like, there are times where she yeah. would call me on the phone. I'd be playing, I'd be level grinding in Final Fantasy 12. I would mute my TV and I would just like have like the phone up against my uh, shoulder and still playing my controller and <laughs> with my controller in my hands. And she asked, Oh, what are you doing? I was like, mm, Nothing. I never told her I was playing video games. I <laughs> never told her that. 
I can imagine. Just like, uh, you know, you have the phone. What are you doing? Uh, masturbating? <laughs> She's like, what? Uh, 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 it's better than the alternative. <laughs> At that point, I probably would have been, I probably would have said something stupid like that. But, uh, mm-hmm. not, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was a bad time back when I was in high school. Right. And that led you to be what you, what you described as a closet nerd. Yeah. That's, that, that's tough, man. Mm -hmm. That's tough to hide, hide what you, what you enjoy. Yeah. So like interacting with, interacting with fandom or even expressing fandom, even online or with my friends, like I had my group of nerdy friends who I was totally comfortable with telling them, I was like, oh yeah, I bought this manga series or we would talk about video games on through aim chat back when that was the thing before we got oh. I, before i was able before i was able to text uh, people freely on my phone because back in the early 2000s you, they charged you for text messages people so i mean they still do i mean yeah they still do unless you have but now you phone. have but it's like now you got like data caps and yeah but back then they tar- they charged you per text message yeah and it was wild. Like my friends, my my close group of friends who knew I was a nerd, who liked anime, who knew I liked anime, manga, and video games, and and stuff like that. They were cool. And then when I found other people, like I mentioned, uh, my uh, friend Jordan, who I did uh, throughout the whole year, I just saw him as like this typical jock. And then he comes to school, he's drawing the cover art for Kingdom Hearts two. Nice. And then for the rest of the school year, he latches on to me um, during gym class. I mean, we were always cool before, but now we are like even more cool because he would tell me about Full Metal Alchemist. He's like, dude, you got to watch FMA. Can I pause you real quickly? Did you say Kingdom Hearts 2? Yeah. That's how old that game is? It came out in 2006. My God. Mm-hmm. My God. It took them that long to get three. Never mind. Anyway, I don't want to well, open up that can of worms. That's yeah, don't open up that can of worms for me, buddy. <laughs> that's, that's insane. Anyway, that's all right. Yeah. No, it's all good. Yeah. So yeah, he's taught telling me about how amazing Full Metal Alchemist is. He's we're like exchanging. I'm telling him about Rurouni Kenshin. And it was just one of those things where I never would have thought this person would have been a fan of anime. Yeah. Um okay. Your parents. I want to talk to you a bit about your parents. Okay. Let's have a, let's have a quick therapy session. <laughs> um, <laughs> This is actually something that's never come up in this in the show so so far. Is is oh. parents being against uh, your interests? Um, and so you know, you you mentioned that your mom was very supportive, but your dad wasn't, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which you've expressed to me uh, just in person. Um, I've never, I haven't, I haven't gotten that perspective yet. There's been plenty of times. There's been plenty of people on the show talking about growing up in fandom, growing up as nerds, but no one's ever talked to me about their parents' influence on it and. I really want to dive into that because I had, I think I might've had a similar situation mm-hmm. with my parents when I was growing up. Okay. So I just, if you want to elaborate yeah, on yeah. How, one of your parents. Uh, yeah. Um, so uh, TLDR, my funny enough. No, 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 no. Keep it long. Okay. Okay. Uh, funny enough. You would think my mom would be the one who would, who was being more like against this. Cause she grew up in Montana and I'm talking like in the mid smack dab, in the middle of Montana where there was like nothing, but then like the next town was 14 miles in either direction and uphill in the snow, uphill in the snow, both ways. Right. (laughs) Well, she actually did walk to school in the snow. That, that part is actually true uphill. Not so much, but, um, 
but she wanted to see the world. She knew there was stuff outside of Montana and Montana is pretty dang conservative, but she wanted to see the world. She wanted um, her boys, myself and my brother to experience. She was the one who encouraged us traveling. Whenever something would pop, come up for a vacation, she's like, where do you boys want to go? And she was hoping like, let's go to the farthest side away from the United States. I want to show these kids the world. I want to show how different it is. I want to show, I mean, essentially it was part how grateful we are to live where we did and also how um, other cultures lived and how different they are, but that's how they live and it's okay. And that's their thing. We do our thing, essentially us accepting other cultures, right. which is one of the reasons why she was um, so into me reading Japanese manga. Cause as a kid, I really wanted to learn Japanese. My dream back then was to be an exchange student to Japan and she was all for it. Like she was like trying to push me to to do my Japanese lessons. You know, where you, where you try to learn a language, where you have a CD and they they repeat a word and never did that. Yeah, I try. I tried. I tried doing that for Japanese, and it was not fun. Was it the Rosetta Stone thing? I remember that was big when we were growing up. Eventually, we did get. Well, we didn't get one, but that was the Rosetta Stone was used at a course I had at Mount Sac for one year, but it wasn't Got the Rosetta it. Stone. Whereas my dad, my dad grew up in Oakland and he is deaf. He's definitely like pretty like old school. Like, yeah, you can like these things when you're a kid. But once you grow up, you have to, you have to grow up. Yeah. You have, um, you have to essentially like be a man and you have to do certain things and you, you can't really, um, like when I was a kid playing video games, there was some great times where I have some great memories of my dad and I just playing video games. Um, like I remember one night we had this game called three extreme for the PlayStation and he, and it has, it's like a, uh, it's a downhill um, extreme sports racing game where along the, the track, you can do these crazy tricks and stuff like that. But they, it had, it had a two player multiplayer where we would race against each other. And we did that. And we played that for a good, like two and a half hours one night. Everyone else went to bed, but Dan and I were just playing video games, and it was—I thought it was awesome. Nice, it's one of the yeah. memories I'll, I'll treasure. And then I remember, like years later, I got my Wii and I got new Super Mario Bros. for the Wii for the Wii, and I was like, "Hey, Dad, you want you know you want to play video games with me? That's we, we can play Super Mario. Everyone loves Super Mario." And he was done with it in about like ten minutes. Mm-hmm. He was like, "Nah, this isn't for me. I, I don't know." You, you can tell he was like not in, into it at all. Right. Yeah. So, my, oh. no, no, no. If you, if you want to keep going, I encourage. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm just trying, I'm trying to think. Um, but yeah, my no, mom. If, if you want, I can, I can lead you in with a question. Yeah. Yeah. yeah please. <clears throat> so, your dad, you mentioned, was the, uh, was kind of the, the, the more strict one as far as your interests went. Um, what did that do to you, like developmentally? Uh, when was the age where he decided that like you can't be into this anymore? And what did that kind of kind of uh, how did that affect you? Luckily, he never like straight up told me that I can't be into into the stuff I like. Yeah. He never he never straight up told me, but it was definitely one of I definitely felt like there are times where he I knew he wouldn't approve. Like I remember um, back in college, there was a time where I told him was like, hey. I was get ready to go on the motorcycle, go to my comic book store to buy my comic books. And he flat out said, it's like, I don't think you should be buying comic books. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why? And I was like, why don't, why, why, why do you think that? He's like, cause it's a waste of money. 
Like, well, in that case, he's not necessarily wrong. <laughs> no, he's not necessarily wrong. But this was definitely during a time where mine and my dad's relationship was various. Was it wasn't estranged, but it was definitely fringed. Mm-hmm. And this was during what was my parents' divorce. I was still living with them, and I was still mad at him for a bunch of things. And I was, and he was like, "You need." He was very, "You need to get a job." And even though I had a job, I was like, "I'm gonna go buy comic books." He was very, "No, you need to not buy this these frivolous things. How dare you?" Right. He basically said, now you're in college, you need to be an adult. Essentially, yes. Right. Whereas, I mean, if anyone who goes to college when we went to college, there are no adults in there. <laughs> nope. Well, the thing is, the thing is, like, I had a similar situation. My my both of my parents were pretty adamant that um, I'd grow out of this and I didn't and I never did. Mm. And I, I always could kind of tell it was it was an issue. As I got older, they became more accepting of it. And I think one of the things that happened was when we were growing up, I think I think what happened, okay, so this might be a stretch. The Marvel Cinematic Universe was a huge was a huge influence on pop culture in general, society in general. And I think as we grew up, we graduated high school the year after Iron Man came out. Like the the fact that that happened when we grow up, I think ch- shifted the conversation of these kids, these people aren't growing up to, oh, we're allowed to keep our interests into our adulthood. And that's something the previous generations never had. And I'm sure my dad read an Archie comic when he was a kid, but when he mm-hmm. grew up, that was not something he did anymore. Yeah. Like for me growing up, because my dad's a, a retired peace officer for the state of California. And when I was a kid, he would joke that whenever we would see searchlights in the sky, he would call it the bat signal. And he would tell my brother and I, he's like, oh, they're calling me to go to work. And we're like, no, you're home. Stay home. And there was actually one time where he actually was called in to go to work. He had to go. He had to do something for it. And back at his old uh, at his old station, his um, co-workers called him and his partner Batman and Robin. Okay. And- yeah. Yeah, and I remember, and this is back when Batman Forever was coming to theaters. So his office, funny enough, was uh, him and his partner's office was had a bunch of Batman and Robin posters. That oh, eventually, funny, yeah. My, yeah, that eventually my dad brought home, and I asked him, I "Was like, well, wait, Dad, who's your favorite superhero?" And he would say, "Well, Batman, because I'm Batman." Very, uh, very high opinion of himself. I see. Yeah. <laughs> and, you, and you mentioned about Iron Man, which what, that's that's it's to say that me exploring my fandom or enjoying my fandom is a very strange story is because I would go to the movies with my dad and we would go see these these comic book films. We saw The Dark Knight together and he thought it was one of the best films he ever seen. We would go see Iron Man together and he thought that was a, a blast. We saw Iron Man 2 together. And when Star Trek came out, he was so excited to get me into Star Trek because he was a huge Star Trek fan growing up. So we would see the movie and then it became a little thing for he and I that we would record or not record. We would TiVo episodes of the original series. So him me for me not being in the comic books when I was in college, it was a bit of a slap in the face because when a little I was, hypocritical. Yeah, because when we were in when I was in high school. He was all for it. He was yeah. like, yeah, let's go to see these comic book movies. Let's go get into this nerdy stuff. And then I try to expand on that with him. And he then would just, it, it was weird. There was a time where he he was all for doing this cool stuff. And then a switch in him flipped. And then all of a sudden it was like, 
why are you wasting your money on comic books? You're wasting all this money on comic books. And what's, what's that going to give you? It's like, no, it's like, you need to get, you need to be an adult now. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, that has more to do with his insecurities than you. Yeah. Um, but you, we, we, we've talked a lot about anime. Yes, we did. Um, it's a big part of your, your fandom is anime. Um, you know, I actually want to save this one for later. So let's, let's talk about right now. What got you into podcasting? Oh, what led uh, you to your podcast? What led me to my podcast? That is another road. Oh my gosh. So when I was going to, um, Mount Sac, there was a, I went to Mount Sac. I, I left CSUN, um, my freshman year CSUN. And I went back home. I went to the community college and there I fell into the radio program because mm-hmm. I wanted to, because I thought radio was cool. I thought, oh, people just go in, they do a shift for a few hours and they get to pick and choose and listen to whatever music they want. Yeah, that's not the case, but I was still intrigued and I had, uh, apparently I had a talent for it. I grew up trained as an actor. I, and there you have to have a little improv skills when you're, when you have a microphone in your face and I loved it. I absolutely adored it. And that's what I, and I was like, yeah, this is what, this is what I want to do as a career move. This is going to be great. But unfortunately that never, that didn't really pan out. And then, um, and I just graduated from school. I graduated from CSUN and I didn't know what to do. I was trying to find a job. And then a friend of mine from the radio program reached out to me and said, Hey, do you want to start a podcast? So that's how, so I was on that show for that. We did that show for about six months, had a hiatus, came back, did that for a while. And then I told you to listen to it. Cause I know you were, cause I know you were really into it. And then, yeah eventually we got to and then finally stuff happened and then you and i started doing this one uh for the audience he's bouncing he's bouncing around to be polite but it was a very harrowing journey to get to the fictional podcast to get to the fictional podcast it was a very harrowing journey and even some of the stuff that happened because i also found some stuff out recently that behind the scenes that going on when i was still there that i wasn't privy to which kind of made me really mad. But unfortunately, when I got when I first started that podcast, it was, hey, do you want to do a podcast? Because we can make a, this into a job and we can make money off of it. Yeah. So right, right off the bat, um, the person who asked me to do it with them was had was like business set. It's like, mm-hmm. let's treat this like an actual station. Let's do this. And we can we can be like um, Nerdist or Kevin Smith, Kevin Smith's podcast. We can be a professional podcasters. And unfortunately, that just crumbled because that's yeah. that's not why you should do a podcast, right? And and now because when I first started up, I was like, yeah, I mean, getting a job and or having a podcast as a job that's the that's a pretty sweet dream. But at the same time, I just wanted to talk nerd stuff with my friend with uh, my friends because mm-hmm. I mean, I left you and I graduated because you were the only person I was able I was really able to talk to in school, you and Jeff about nerd stuff, but then we all graduated the same day. So it's like, I can't really, and I moved back home to diamond bar, which was about an hour and a half away from you guys. So it was really hard for me to get with you guys and talk to you about this, this sort of thing. And at first, and at first I was like, heck yeah. But then things happened, things changed and it turned into like, Oh, we need this to be a business. And it's like, no, let's let's, let's have fun first. If it turns into business, we'll worry about that later, but let's have fun. It puts too much pressure on mm-hmm. people to go out into the onset. This is just good advice in general uh, to go into the onset uh, of these things, um, looking for it to make money or be mm-hmm. a business or, or things like that. 
it, it, it puts much pressure because once you get to a year and it hasn't, that creates cracks and you start thinking like, well, what am I doing this for? What's the point? And the point has to be that you have to do it for yourself. Yeah. I mean, cause I was doing that show while I was still living with my dad and it very much came into a point where um, he asked me, do you have sponsorships sponsors yet? I'm like, no, do you have, no, are right? you offering? Uh, and there were times where he would be asking these questions and I, um, the answers I was giving him, he wasn't liking. And then he straight, he, essentially from what i remember asked me well what's the point of you doing this thing if you're not making any money yeah my i had a similar interaction with my mother uh mm-hmm. she had she had an issue she took issue with the fact that i spent so much time with it because mm-hmm. i i do i do generally treat it like a job only insofar as i put a lot of effort into it mm-hmm. but i never like expected to give anything back um so for a while, I kept saying, like, I have three jobs, which basically just meant I have three responsibilities, one to yeah. podcast and one to my other two jobs to actually make money. Um, and then my mom took issue with that because how is it a job if I don't make any money? And yeah. why am I putting in the, that much effort if it's not? And it's like the, at the end of the day, it just it has to it's because I want to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I fully understand because there are times where even now that um, because after Dad moved away, and then I moved in with Fanny, and and we've been doing this for five years now. Um, there are At times the time where, of this recording, we have just celebrated our fifth anniversary. Woo! But there are times where I still get nervous about talking about the show with my dad, because now my dad he's retired, and he is. I feel like he's mellowed out a little bit. <laughs> he's mm-hmm. mellowed out a little bit now. I guess that I'm out of the house, and he's out having doing his own thing. But it still gives me um, some form, of, a little form of anxiety whenever I do see him and whenever I do talk to him or talk to other members of my family who I feel just don't understand. Whereas, and, how, um, and really, how could they? Because they're not part of this generation. Yeah. And because part of me is because at the time of this recording, um, this weekend, I'm actually going with my dad to visit my, my last surviving grandparent out in Arizona. And like she knows I do this, but I don't really talk about it a lot with her. But at the same time, I'm going to be spending a lot of time with my dad. And if the conversation of me doing this podcast comes up and then he asks me, well, what do you have to show for it? How much money have you made? I know he's probably going to give me five for it. He's like, well, then why are you still doing this? And then my response is like, because I like it and it keeps me sane. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's all you can do. Yeah. All right. So <clears throat> you started with anime. That was a big fandom for you. It was. <clears throat> oh, my gosh um video games as well mm-hmm. i want to i have two questions for you one what led you to everything else that you're a fan of because i know you're you're in fan you're in many fandoms and what what made what brought your video game fandom into retro gaming fandom all right so back when i was so i mentioned anime as a huge influence when i was a kid but even like really when i was really younger two characters stuck out and have stuck with me through all this time sonic the hedgehog and superman yeah, you've mentioned yeah. that before. Oh yeah. So as so Sonic was like is is my favorite fictional character of all time. I freaking love that little blue hedgehog. And of course Superman I thought was the coolest superhero ever because he had he could fly, he was super strong, had laser vision or uh, had heat vision, and I just thought Superman was like the absolute coolest. I mean Batman was was cool too, don't get me wrong, but for me it was all about Superman. Mm-hmm. And as I would grow up, 
my grandmother, she actually paid for subscriptions for me for comic books. She did one year where I got Sonic the Hedgehog comics, which was awesome. And then another year where I got Superman Adventures, which is the comic books based off the animated show. That was right. I'm familiar, yeah. Yeah, so I got a bunch of those comic books. And unfortunately, I didn't know that comic book stores really existed. Mm -hmm. And so once those subscriptions ran out, those were the only comic books I really had. And then it was like me trying to go to other stores and convince my parent, my dad to drive me to comic stores that we eventually would find was I, I got him to take me to one comic store, which I believe eventually is the store that I go to now. I was only able to take him out there, have him take me out there once. Wait, seriously? Never again. Wait, seriously? The store you go to now is the store you went to as a kid? I think so. Yeah, it's the I only went to that store once as a kid. That's funny. That'd be really funny if that were true. It probably isn't the same the same owner surely probably yeah yeah that's what it's crazy all right anyway sorry. yeah so um what really led to me liking and what me led, led led to what led to me liking anime was pokemon, pokemon okay sure yeah yeah i feel like pokemon was a huge starter anime for all of us but i was an idiot as a kid because i thought pokemon came from the united states because it airs on american television how is it not from the united states most did yeah I mean, yeah. I also thought Dragon Ball Z came from the United States. Yeah, I didn't really, I didn't get into Dragon Ball Z until, man, me getting into a bunch of the shows I like now is just so, like Pokemon, of course, the Pokemon games and watching the anime, and that was like it being the big thing. Digimon the same way. I actually had the original Digimon Tamagotchis, me and too. then we would watch the show, and then the, the newer Digivices came out, so we were all into, it was like all into Digimon. Like the whole school was into Digimon. And it was, it was like when we found, when we got to the end of Digimon and I remember I was at my friend's house in Marietta when the finale of Digimon aired and I missed it. And I was, Oof. and this was, and this was before TiVo. So I couldn't just record it. Yeah. Talk about a cultural and, moment. Yeah. And I was like, no. And then a few months later on Fox kids, they announced that the new Digidestin were coming out and this takes place after the original. And then, of course, we fell into that hard. It's so weird that Digimon's actually an anthology sh series. Um, question: What's your favorite mm -hmm. digi Digivice? Uh, the originals, the D ones, the D ones, the D twos yeah. are really cool. But I mean, I grew up, I grew up with the original D one Digivice. I like the D two one a lot. I had that. I had Davis's when I was a kid, like the little mm -hmm. Walker ones where you shake and it clicks, and then you have like a little, a little partner Digimon going with you. Right, I love. I always like the. I love the D ones. Those are great, but I always like the D the D threes because you could swipe cards. Oh yeah, those are always so much fun. Yeah, I thought I thought those were rad, but I didn't really get into Digimon season three yet. Yeah, yeah keyword there being yet. But I'm gonna me, do it. I'm gonna get you into that show. <laughs> All right, but yeah, for me it was Dig Digimon one and Dig season one and season two. Those were my Digimon series. Yeah, and uh, then everything. Yeah, and funny, and even when I, after I fell off a of Digimon, there are times where I'm like walking on like somewhere, and then I see something's like, "Wait, Digimon is still going around? Really? Oh, that's cool." I actually had a similar response reaction. Not to digress, I like digressing on the show, especially when I'm talking to friends. Um, yeah. I, I like to have. Um, I was having a similar reaction when I was looking up Digimon for some reason, and I was like, "There's a sixth show on now. Weird." <laughs> 
Oh, Agumon's back? Interesting. Like, the <laughs> fact that, like, Digimon didn't end after... The final Digimon season that aired in America when we were kids was called Frontier. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the one... That, for those of you who don't know, it was the one where the kids turned into Digimon. Oh, yeah. Um, Every and, kid's dream, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that was... That's actually surprisingly a pretty cool series. I caught I caught some of it, but I haven't seen all of it. Um, there w- ended up being another season that aired quite recently, and now they're currently airing the reboot series for Digimon Adventures. Nice. Um, so yeah, Digimon's kind of kind of like Gundam. Digimon kind of kept yeah. going under the radar. Oh yeah, Gundam. That's a whole. How I fell into Gundam is just a, a classmate of mine in sixth grade brought a Gundam toy to school and was sketching it, and I asked him what it was. I went to Kmart, found some of the toys, bought them, and then down the rabbit hole I go. Yeah. Have you seen all the Gundam shows? I've always been meaning to ask you. Not all of them, no. Not all of them? No. Um, it, unfortunately, Gundam is very... If you want... Especially the, the series I grew up with, because the first show I watched was um, a Mobile Fighter G Gundam on Toonami. It wasn't Gundam Wing. It was Mobile Fighter. And... There's I watched Gundam Wing. Wing. Nice. Hmm. But, yeah, watching old Gundam shows was really hard. Like, once when my family finally got satellite and we had Cartoon Network, I was like, "Cool, I could watch Gundam on, on Cartoon Network." I was very limited. And even- kids won't kids won't know this these days. And I, I always like I kind of like talking about this, but kids won't know this. But Toonami was an incredibly influential um, mm-hmm. uh, role in our in our developmental stage as in, in fandom uh, because Toonami. Toonami as Toonami exists now. There is a current Toonami uh, running, but it. it it was off the air for like 20 years and it was really mm-hmm. important to us when we were kids um, because it, ga- it gave us access to anime that we never mm-hmm. would have seen before. It's where I watched Outlaw Star, which is an incredible yeah. anime, Gundam, Dragon Ball Z. Like it was so informative to us um, growing up. And I think that's really it, it, it must be it just must be acknowledged, I think. Oh, yeah, it, it definitely it definitely is and or it definitely should. Because I can, I remember watching Toonami for Transformers Armada, and then they just yeah, they Transformers it. Armada. Yeah, it wasn't that was so ruled? That was that did, but it wasn't just Transformers Armada, but also then there was a, they would show clips for this show called Rurouni Kenshin, and then later at first I was like, oh, that's really interesting. They're doing a story about a Japanese about a Japanese swordsman that's who refuses to kill. That's rad. And then later I'm like, oh wait, this is this is an anime. And then I keep watching. I'm like, no, this is this is really good. This please is- watch, please watch the live action movies. I know I need to watch the live action. Movies, I need so. to I need to talk to you about them. I I need to watch those live action movies because they look so good. And there's two more coming out this year. And I want you to no. watch them before that comes out. I know. What got you into retro gaming? Um, so I'll, I've always loved video games, and there's and I mentioned it quite a few times on the show. I loved going to Frankincense even as a kid. Mm-hmm. but my, my parents that frankincense and my parents that was the one place where i think both of them had agreed agreed that they just did not like going because mm-hmm. it's a giant collectible show and the whole purpose of them going there was to waste money hmm. i mean we, we weren't we weren't poor but my parents were definitely more on the frugal side and they wanted us to save as much money as a human as we can whereas frankincense that's where that's where you go for to make your wallet cry <laughs> yeah that's true yeah, I mean, I think for me getting into retro video games was a bit of a it was a very procedural thing. Yeah, because um, I mean, I've when I we grew up in the '90s, or we grew up in the in the we grew up in the '90s and the thousand in the early 2000s. The whereas, aughts. 
the aughts, whereas game whereas systems like the NES and Sega Genesis were still around, but they weren't considered retro yet. Mm-hmm. Um, the Nintendo 64 and the PlayStation were like the hot ticket items. And then when the PlayStation 2 and the Dreamcast would come out, people would still look back on their older cartridges and be like, or their older systems like, yeah, but this is still a cool thing. So yeah. it, it just, it eventually I can't pinpoint where, but there was one point in time quite recently where I was just looking at some of these older games. I was like looking at older games and I'm watching a bunch of YouTubers and YouTube really helped me get into it. I was watching um, videos from the completionist. Um, I was watching pro Jared a lot before his whole thing happened. And I was also watching the gaming historian. I think the gaming historian really got me wanting to get more into retro video games because he would, his videos are all they either take one thing or they take like either a game or a peripheral or an event in video game history and he would do a, like a documentary series about it like um he has an awesome hour-long video on how tetris came to the united states and i think it did, is absolutely did he, fascinating did he put out a video about the history of the exploding barrels i don't know because I've seen a video about that, and it's quite fascinating. Hmm. Yeah, I, I recommend know, it if you haven't seen it. I don't know if he did, but I'll definitely look into that. But it was definitely me getting into retro games was definitely something recent. Like I always, I I liked video games, and I was even even when I was in a bit of a video game funk when I was at the end of um, college. Because mm-hmm. there was a time where my primary console was my Nintendo 3DS. And like the PS4 was coming up, and then I was like, I was like, I don't know, game. I don't know if games are the thing for me anymore. It was a, it was a bit of an emotional crisis for me because I always grew up loving video games, but I would see stuff like the PS4 and like all the mainstream advertisements. I wouldn't do any deep dives into like the indies or stuff, and I just was like, I don't know if this interests me anymore. Right. And then I played Zelda: Link Between Worlds, and that just sparked something. Like the fire was dying; it was on its last embers. And I sat down and played a link to a link between worlds, and then it just like the fire ro- raged. It was like, oh my god, video games are awesome again. Okay, so you, so now you're in a podcast. You like retro video games. You like anime. You like comic books. You're yeah. you're telling your dad, suck it. <laughs> um, how? So you don't you didn't really interact in fandom spaces before before that all you had friends you had what i like to call echo chambers you had people mm-hmm. that you just kind of like a, a, a close-knit group of fans but you didn't really go on to like message boards or you didn't really no. do any of that um now prior now after the podcast how did that change for you uh fandoms um well i feel i don't really go on now i still don't really go onto message boards i don't well, there's no such thing as a message board anymore, yeah, there's, so there's I'd no be concerned as... if you did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is no such thing as a message board. For me now, I, um, the way I interact with fandom now, I mean, most just re- literally just recently, like a few months ago, I just fell into this great retro community, retro gaming community on Twitter. But and there, a lot of people are supportive. I mean, um, some people, of course, everyone has their own opinions, which is their own opinion, which is fine. But yeah. we're not, they're not attacking other people for liking certain things or disliking certain things. And so far, I've, I feel like I have gotten to the good side. I've, I've only seen the good side of Twitter. 
even though mm-hmm. I know the bad side of Twitter's there because I hear you, Ryan oh, Sparks. I hear you guys talk about it a lot through the comics Twitter, comics gate, um, just a lot of the ugliness and vitriol of of Twitter that I don't I because I have I don't know how I haven't been able to see it, or maybe I do see it, I just ignore it because I have no filters, I have no muted anything. I just like the stuff I like, and I guess the Twitter algorithm just cur- is curated to the part where I see video game stuff, a few good comic book stuff, and as long as I don't look into the comments or the replies, then I'm safe. Well, now see the thing the re- the reason why I wanted to bring the bring up retro gaming is because now most recently um, I've noticed you've gotten hardcore into the retro gaming fandom community within Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You are always interacting with those people more than more than anything else. And I want to know what that when that shift was because you were not on social media outside no. of just promoting the, the show every now and then. Yeah. Um, outside of what we what we told you, you were not doing the social media thing, but now you mm-hmm. are. I want to know like what what caused that shift and what has that shift um, like brung up in you? Um, what caused it definitely was, I mean, a just find like my people and just talking about retro video game stuff it's like hey my these people. people yeah it's like hey my people but i think it also came into where i thought to myself it's like oh this is a I mean, tools twitter t- tool twitter is a good tool to promote my articles from osg that's true good point because i mean because i would i would post my i mean the only social media that was really i was really i would say i was like mostly active on was just instagram mm-hmm. but that's only like I only have like what maybe 300 some fo- or I don't even I barely have, I have 500 followers on there. I even have fewer on Twitter, but I just cracked 300 because and 90% of them are all retro video game nerds on uh on Twitter. Yeah. So really it was a part it was partially needed to try and promote I mean A promote the podcast and also B promote my writings cuz as much as like what we said we do this podcast for us. I do the writings for me. But at the same time, I do want this to be my career. I do want to have a job out of this. And I would just love to walk into my current job, tell them, screw you, I quit, and go home and, and write three articles about different video games all day. Maybe to don't me. tell them to, maybe don't say screw you, but I like the sentiment. Yeah. <laughs> but because th- that's what I want to do. And unfortunately, even trying to get into that is one is like uber hard. So I thought, oh, I can like promote my stuff and people can read it and more people can can let's can give me feedback and so i can improve that's really what i want to do is i want to improve because a lot of the times where i get show stuff to my like to some of my friends and my family they just say oh yeah it's great and then nothing it's like well is there anything else in there that you can help me it's like no it's great i want i i used to send my mom my articles my uh so to proofread and one time i had written that disney plus had um had renewed had renewed high school musical the musical the series mm-hmm. and my mom who doesn't know anything about this uh, corrected it and said high school <clears throat> musical the series i'm like that's not i understand why you did that but that's not the name of the show mm-hmm. so they don't get it you know it's it's it's, it's a generation um they're, they're not they're not tuned into these sort of things like you and i are like no, your, yeah. your 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 people as you were are yeah I mean, funny enough, it's it's he's definitely not part of it, but there are times where my dad actually does give me some good feedback on like grammar and sentence structure 
in the articles I read. And he and I asked him, I was like, do you understand what I'm writing? He's like, nope, but I'm glad you're doing something. It's good. It, it's, positive. It's, it's really weird because the relationship, the relationship with my dad has we were like we were super close. And then we weren't, and now we're slowly but surely inching. Like he's like more accepting now of me doing the stuff that I want to do, which is like this and writing about video games, even though I'm not seeing any returns on it. Well, I think he probably just admires the hustle. Yeah, I, I hope he does. I hope he does. Yeah. Um. So now, now you you've kind of curated a voice in fandom most recently than uh more recently than than myself or ryan uh specifically i know sparks is also has also kind of curated a voice but now you you've you've found a voice you found a a place um what is what is that kind of what is important to you for that voice do you want to try and keep that voice um like we say on the show just constantly putting a positive voice on the ether like you know do you feel a responsibility to kind of keep that keep that up that persona I mean, I want to be positive because as we all know, there's just so much hate and vitriol on Twitter, but I feel that if we're positive all the time, then we can't look at things critically. Mm -hmm. And because I don't want to be like, okay, I do realize that I might be a little too positive about the E3 direct that Nintendo put out yesterday. I completely understand that. Because I was looking through Twitter last night and a few of the people I follow on retro gaming twitter on retro gaming twitter they necessarily weren't really happy with the direct they it didn't have what they wanted but and the thing is they're not being mean about it mm-hmm. it's just one of those things where like okay they had some they saw something that they didn't like i saw something that i definitely liked but the second they started attacking other people's opinion for it then that's where i'm like okay a hard stop whereas i want to i mean being positive is good but I still feel like we can be negative on things as long as there's a discourse and there's a um, conversation of knowing that, look, your taste different from mine. And that's totally valid. It's the difference between being negative and being mean. Exactly. As yeah. I mean, you can be, I, I mean, I was pretty negative on the Square Enix, on the Square Enix, um, on the Square Enix presentation. And there's a few people who were really positive on it. I'm like, that's good. You saw some stuff in there that you liked. I did not, but I'm not going to go and attack this person. And be like, "Oh, you, you're a, you're an idiot! How dare you? This isn't, this isn't what Square Enix truly is about." But yeah. it's like, but at the same time, we also have to remember, it's like, there's a pandemic. We there's a pandemic year, so the fact that we've been had three in this year is nothing is a little short of a miracle. But I I feel that if we can be negative and critical of things, someone might construe it as, "Oh, you're attacking me for liking something." which sure. i which i'm i don't want to do the only per, the only type of people i'll actually attack are scalpers because nintendo were announced two things and all the scalpers took up all the pre-orders those rat bastards i'm um, so i i woke up this morning to uh alert that the playstation 5 was in stock at target mm-hmm. and i was like oh damn sold out <laughs> damn it <laughs> um, yeah yeah I, I wanted to bring i want to bring up that specifically because um I would, I would, I, I, this is not me being mean, but I would probably classify your before podcast time as a little bit ignorant of fandom. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. You're absolutely correct. I was completely ignorant. I had no, the first time I, I mean, I would go to conventions, but I only would go to WonderCon before that. And then when I started doing the podcast and um, the first podcast I was on, and we would go to conventions like Long Beach and 
we were it was still i was we were still pretty ignorant of the fandom spaces and even the co the co-host running the show at the time he was also like pretty ignorant of what was going on and and he it was just it was very much his way or the highway he thought that when we would go to finish conventions everyone was all like-minded but it's that's not like that some yeah. people are gonna, are gonna have very different opinions like that one time when you and i were at long beach waiting for um oh was i know what you're about to bring up yeah yeah it was i think it was like mark wade's autograph and then i was just talking to you about the book ray player one and this guy this rando behind me just pops up and just says like yeah i read a few excerpts i didn't really like it i'm like okay that's cool you didn't like it that's fine i loved it he's yeah, like, random a random dude like isn't that so weird like a random dude walks up to you in a convention and that's less acceptable than some rando on twitter uh posting the same thing like if you had done mm-hmm. this on twitter like that would be that would be acceptable not yeah. welcome but acceptable but on on at wondercon it's something like excuse me uh no thank you yeah uh yeah i remember that that was like oh no you, i mean yeah, I, you're you're not being mean you're being 100 percent factual here because i was i mean i had a twitter beforehand i didn't really use it very well yeah. i was still kind of like because like when twitter came out my brother tried to get me on twitter and even when he was explaining the concept of Twitter to me, I thought that was just like lame. It was like, why would you want that? And I still then, remember my first tweet. My 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 uh, my ex, or she might have been my girlfriend at the time. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what our status was. But we. But she was like, you should get on Twitter. And I was like, oh, there's a cat in the frame now. Yeah. Um, okay. Sorry. So she was she, like, she just jumped on my leg and put her claws in it. I was like, ow. Uh, she was like, you should get on Twitter. I was like, what's Twitter? Just look it up. So I looked at Twitter. I was like, so what do I do with this? Do I just say my thought? And my first ever, my first ever tweet is watching Battlestar Galactica. I still remember my first ever tweet. I don't think I remember my first ever tweet. And even when I was doing radio at, at uh, in college, they were saying, yeah, go on Twitter, use Twitter. And I would, but like for a while, my Twitter icon was just like a magnet. Oh, I get it. Yeah, because I didn't know what else to do. And it's funny because when you look at it, it's um, like one of my things. like you've been a part of Twitter since 2009, which is when I like I officially joined mm-hmm. while I was back in high school. But I barely used it. I've only been actively and I mean, really actively using it in the past in like the past half a year. And even when we would do the sh- and even the years when we would start doing the show, I would be excuse me. I would just barely go on Twitter and just like, like hey, I'm doing the podcast. Here's a link to that. The, but what I was getting at with the with the ignorant thing is now that you've done the podcast, especially with myself, Ryan, and Sparks, like you you are now not ignorant about fandom spaces. What mm-hmm. did that do to change your perception? Um, kind of open your perception. Like, how did that change your your outlook on fandom? Um, it it changed. I feel like it changed uh, my outlook for the better because. Okay, this is gonna sound. I don't know if this is gonna sound contradictory or not, but I was aware of certain fandom circles, even though I wouldn't really interact with them. Mm-hmm. The point being the Sonic fandom, because um, unfortunately on the internet, the Sonic the Hedgehog fandom gets a lot of flack for just being very, just being very socially awkward, and people just looking at it going, "Huh, that's interesting." It's like what the internet would do to the Bronies, essentially. Oh man, what we did to those guys is. I have horror stories for that. Yeah. And so for me, it's like, I will, of course, there's a little part of me is like, well, I don't want to be associated with that. Now I don't care. Now I don't care. It's like, yeah, I love Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog is great. But so I, I would definitely see that fandom 
is it is essentially it can be a safe space but unfortunately there's um a sonic fan who fought were mutuals on twitter and she told me about how some people really attacked her for mm-hmm. a certain opinion she has i haven't looked it up i haven't looked at it but even other people would message her or they would they would reply her and be like yeah the sonic fandom fandom's been like they've been jerks for these past few years so i just don't talk to them anymore so yeah not like good. even like the star Wars, it's it's weird that i see it the same the way i say say i see it for the better is like i can definitely see through all the bullshit of the crap and it's not like this happy like everyone is friends because they like this one thing that is a hundred percent not true and like yeah. the the illusion has kind of has been broken for me but it hasn't been broken for me in a way that's like i don't want to associate with that because there are people in fandoms that i want to associate with there are people i would like to say for i would I'm still friends with, and even though we have different opinions on things, we're still chill. We're still cool. It's the one. It's the ones where I seen the the vitriol, the anger, the essentially people being dicks on Twitter, as just like it got to the point where if you're gonna be like a super dick for like attacking me or my friends, instant block. I will wield that ban hammer as. I would like smack it as hard as possible. I have no remorse. I do not care. If you're gonna if you're gonna be a dick, you gone. So you're you're more interested in even knowing what we've told you about certain sectors and fandoms and things like that. You're mm-hmm. just you're far more interested in keeping fandom a safe space. Yeah. Yeah. That makes uh, sense. Uh, I think that's important. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. If we have conflicting opinions, because you and I have had conflicting opinions on the show before. No, we haven't. <laughs> I, see what I, see what yeah. I get it i get it but we we talk about it we don't actually but we like we just we talk about it i mean sometimes if we can't convince each other we can like we changed ryan's mind on star wars last jedi yeah we, we just we, uh that's in your mind right now because we brought that up on the fifth anniversary yeah um yeah yeah so, that, that, that's that's important the conflicting opinions don't need to cause vitriol yeah it, it doesn't need to cause vitriol it doesn't need to cause hate it doesn't need to call i mean now that I mean, now that we're adults, now that you and I are both over thirty, the days of us going on the playground and saying, "Well, you don't, if you don't like this, then you're then you're a stupid head," are well done and are just like, thank God those days are behind us. Ben, I just want to real quickly. I am not over thirty yet. Don't don't age me up. I'm not quite ready. Okay, we're over the age of twenty nine. Th- that's fine. Um, <laughs> that's your. <laughs> You're also part of you're also part of the sports fandom. Yes, I was wondering when you're going to get to that. Yes. So this is going to be this is going to be the end of the episode. I want to okay. I want to end on this. You're also part of the sports fandom. I'm not yeah. quite ready to do a whole episode dedicated to this, <laughs> but I want to know what's that like. Give me a rundown. Sports fandom. Sports fandom is very much the same as nerd fandoms. Mm-hmm. It is, you have your uber fans, your super fans, your diehards, but the vitriol, I feel like the sports fandom in, in a lot of ways, sports are sports fans are very much parallel to Star Wars fans. Um, that oh, they, they won't have, like that. No, they won't like that. But if you think about it, it's true. Like, so my teams are the LA Dodgers, the LA Kings, and the Las Vegas Raiders. If you if you take a, if you look at a Las Vegas Raider game or before when they were still in Oakland, there are people who dress up in cosplay levels 
of these outfits that go to the game, like face painted crazy costumes. There's this one fan who had season tickets to the game, had the same seat and he would have spikes coming out of his shoulder pads. Yeah. Okay. He's, he's, it is like insane. And you get that for all teams, the green Bay Packers, the new England Patriots, the the LA Lakers, the probably the Denver Nuggets. You get all these people I sorry, I just threw a whole bunch of teams at you. The Denver Nuggets? Yeah, they're the it's a basketball team. It's like it's based off a of gold nugget. Oh, I get it. I was thinking a chicken nugget. No, no, it's it's based off a of gold nugget. But yeah, I can definitely see how you would see that. But sports fandom is very I would say they're very much in parallel because you always have like in unfortunately in, in nerd fandom, you have people who say, Oh, you're not a real fan, or oh, you don't oh, you don't like them like I love this team or something like that that's the same way in sports like in sports they're not real fans they're we don't call them real fans we call them fair weather fans a fair weather fan is someone who actively supports a team only when that team is on a winning streak or they just won the championship and they a never fair, liked a fair weather fan yeah like the weather is fair the team is doing good the team's winning we're doing fine and then once they don't do well they abandon the team they pretty much just like chuck and they don't and they don't care anymore Whoa, that is like Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Like you only like Star Wars if it's doing well, and then you abandon it. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. We have Fairweather fans, or um, like even I. Unfortunately, I've been I've done this before. Like at Dodger Stadium, we all know traffic is god awful in Los Angeles, and at the end and at Dodger Stadium, especially trying to get out of the stadium is is a bit of a pain in the ass. So what a lot of people do is they wait until the end of the seventh inning, which is about two innings before the game is over. And a lot of people leave to beat the traffic home, which mm-hmm. I understand. But of course, my dad and I, when we would go to Dodger games, we wouldn't. It's still ingrained in me in this day that I will never leave a Dodger game early. I will wait until the last out has been called, no matter how bad traffic is on the way home. I will stay. Why? Because I, I just, I just do. I just, yeah. I want to see the game. I'm such a huge Dodger fan that I will. I don't care if we're losing ten runs to none. I will sit and stay and watch the end of the game. Do people like, here's the thing. So I, I like think about it. Like I have, I have falsely mischaracterized it as watching a movie. Like you're watching a, you're watching a game. Like you're watching a movie. Do people leave before that? And people don't leave before the movie is over. So people, but people leave before the game is over. Mm-hmm. I mean, also it depends on what the score is. Like if it's a close game, a lot of people might, some people might stay, but a lot of, but like, Say if the Dodgers are winning like five to two, people are just like, yeah, we're probably going to win. They just up and leave. Yeah. And it has happened sometimes where either the Dodgers are losing or the Dodgers are winning. Seventh inning, something is over. People up and leave. By the eighth inning, we rally and we win the game. Or we rally, we get enough runs to take the lead. And by the ninth, we win. Congratulations. Yeah. I mean, it's hap- it has happened before, but whenever we, at the end of the seventh inning, when people would just up and leave, my dad and I would just be like, oh, look at all these fake Dodger fans leaving right before the game's over. We're not you leaving. have fake, you do that? Fake, there are fake Dodger fans? Unfortunately, that's what we've called them. But now I, thankfully I've grown, I've matured. And there's no, and if you're a fan of the Dodgers, if you like the Dodgers, you're a Dodgers fan. It's, it's, it's fandom. This is, it it, is. what, it, what blows my mind is that, and like, I know it, but like the terminology you're using, it's the same shit. It is. It and, and is. The, the thing that always fascinates me is that sports fandom, and I'm going to call it fandom, but sports fandom look down 
on nerds, on well, Star Wars fans, do. on Star Trek fans. But they're doing the same thing. They're cosplaying. They're calling yeah. out fake fans. They're 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 fair weather fans. Totally, it's all the same crap. So what what do you think? They think the difference is between them and us. They think they're more to them. I feel it's just a sense of a it's a sense of popularity. I yeah. feel it's a sense of popularity. It's like it is. It's a sense of they were the jocks, the cool kids. If you were, if you, I feel like it's for sports. It's a little bit easier to get into. Like the history of sports can be known as like the lore of sports or the lore of the team. Yeah, in a way, there's just so many weird parallels that I never noticed until I got older. It's like, oh damn, this is like comic. There are, this is like, there are sports movies with heroes. There are like, there yeah, are there are people who are who are heroes in their in their in their spaces. I, I want to say the difference for them is that that sports is so ingrained in, in American culture and it's so popular. Like you, when you go to like in high school, who gets a big chunk of the budget? The football team, the sports teams. Who gets the um? You like you probably experienced this when you were in high school. Who yeah. gets the slim pickings afterwards? The arts department. The yeah. stuff where the nerds come from. Like most of the money, if, if this high school has a very successful football team, they're going to put more money in that football team instead of renovating the theater so people can like, hey, we want to do arts. No, no, we're going to do sports stuff though. People it's, more, go, it's more socially acceptable to be into sports. Yeah, so yeah, 100%. It is 100% more. I mean, now um, sports teams are kind of embracing nerds a little bit. Um, Dodger Stadium, um, the LA Kings minor hockey team, minor league hockey team, the Ontario Reign, they do advertisements. Well, before before the pandemic, they had, hey, this is Star Wars night. Star Wars night's coming up. Oh. And you have people wearing like Stormtrooper armor. You have fans and Princess Leia buns. And you have like Star Wars music being the walk-up music for the for the batters. Mm-hmm. So they're starting, it, I, I guess they're starting to see this more. Uh, there's more... Um crossover than yeah. than was than they thought initially yeah like if you go to frankenson like you've been to frankenson's but frank because frankenson's is like more nerd but there's also a, a section of the show that has all sports memorabilia and all sports stuff hmm. and even when you go over there there's some people who sell pennants of um of like star wars pennants or with like like las vegas raiders pennants with darth vader on them or or a dodger town pennant that has yoda or there is even like Mickey Mouse wearing different uniforms of different baseball teams, so that they can, so that the team in Disney can make money of Mickey Mouse wearing these different um, logos. I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. What came first, the Mighty Ducks movie or the, or the the team? Mighty Ducks movie. Really. Really. So did they name the team based off the movie? Yes, Disney owned the team. Oh, you know, I think I knew that. Yeah, the movie came out. It was a huge success. Um, and then they fi- and then Disney thought maybe we can get to the sports world because the city of Anaheim had an arena, which back then was known as the Arrowhead Pond. Um, there was a, a roller hockey, an, a professional roller hockey team there, known as the Anaheim Bullfrogs. So they figured we just came out with a movie called The Mighty Ducks, and it was a huge hit. So they joined the league officially in 1993 as the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim. And funny enough, they didn't win the Stanley Cup until 2007, the year after Disney sold the team, and the team officially changed their name to the Anaheim Ducks. 
This is no different than if you just spouted off in 1977. Star yeah. Wars came out and won the 1978 uh, Academy Awards. No, okay, it, we... what, what's what, what's so interesting is is like that's I. It's just so weird to me that that mm-hmm. the sports thing is the socially acceptable thing when there is really no difference. There, it really is. It is like every single team. Is, essentially, look at the teams. Uh, look at sports. Like, look at um, Major League Baseball, the NHL, uh, NBA. Think of them as, like, DC, Marvel, Vertigo, stuff like that. Yeah. And then the different teams are the different heroes. You have your favorite hero slash your favorite team that you will love and support. But there are years, like, there are years where runs don't do very well. And there are years where runs do great, but just didn't quite stick to landing. And stick and landing means winning the championship. I really wish that society would start to see this. Yeah. I, th- I, I talked about it with, um, there's a gentleman coming up uh, mm-hmm. and, and the show. You haven't, you haven't listened to this episode yet, but mm-hmm. we talked about um, sports a little bit. And, a, and I guess in foreign nations, it is beginning to be seen as, as more of the same thing. Um, but we're still really hesitant about it as we oh, are yeah. about a lot of things. This country frustrates the crap out of me, but mm-hmm. the, I, I really wish that like that like America would start to see that like you know what here, here at the end of the day just to simplify it one day I hope to God that they call putting on your favorite your favorite games your favorite team's jersey is cosplay I hope mm-hmm. that that's that becomes a socially acceptable thing it, it I don't know if it will in the in the near future but maybe down the line it will. I just want to be like the announcer and look at all these people cosplaying. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. If you, I were to show you pictures of the black hole in Oakland when the Raiders were still there, you would be like, that's cosplay. Like there's a yeah. picture with me in these rate in these Raider fans in these elaborate getups. Like even I had my dad paint an eye patch on my head, on my face that day. You're like, you were cosplaying. Yeah. You were cosplaying as an Oakland Raider. And I now that I know what it means, I would totally accept. It's like hell yeah, it was. Yeah, man, that's so weird. But did yeah. you ever feel hesitant about? Would you ever at a point feel hesitant to call it cosplay? Like were you were you kind of were you kind of uh, against that? Back then, well, I didn't know what cosplay was, but I probably wouldn't. But probably wouldn't associate it because while I was growing up and but what before I was like knee deep in in nerd in nerddom, I would just be like. I would never have called I to me cosplay was very heavily defined as elaborate costume, not Halloween, but it's for a nerdy thing. Whereas me wearing a Dodgers jersey to a game is just me wearing a, a shirt. It's no different than this, than yeah. what I'm wearing right now. Yeah. I mean, back then it would have been like a hard line. It's like jersey not cosplay. Uh elaborate costume cosplay. Because you know, it's costume is in the name, is in the is in the word. Yeah, but now nowadays, I just to be honest, I just really stopped caring. Like, if someone wants to call me wearing my Dodgers jersey cosplay, go for it. I don't care. Well, that's what we're talking about. Like, I I just wonder, like, when do you think the shift happened for you, and when and when, if ever, do you think the shift happened for for society? Uh, the shift happened for me definitely in um right after when we started doing fake nerds fully 
and then I just realized, and even then I would see like when the Super Bowl would be on, people would be talking like, yeah, there's like this huge convention, so many cosplayers, but tickets are uh are su- tickets are super expensive, and That's you're so only there for a few hours. And I'm, I would read stuff like that, and I'm like, yeah, they're not wrong, yeah, because they aren't. They 100% are not wrong. So, I mean, the, the shift really for me is like when I finally decided to have like my sports side and my nerd side just be like, just live in perfect harmony now inside of me. It's essentially. It's just like, another part of your fandom. It's just another part of stuff I like. It's like, yes, I love nerd stuff, but also I love the Los Angeles Dodgers. I love the Los Angeles Kings. Do you want to do a sports podcast? Not with me. I'm just curious. Uh, I funny enough, my friends who I go to Arizona with for spring trading have asked me if I wanted to. Part of me does, but at the same time, I'm nowhere near as knowledgeable in other teams where I might, but I don't think I do. I th- I'm more comfortable. I'll tell, you what. I'll tell you what. I'm going to put this on air. If you want to, we can make it part of the Fake Nerd Network. I would love to have a sports podcast part of this network. <laughs> okay like legitimately i'm i'm thinking about it i'm so into it and you can even you can even make it about how sports is like fandom yeah i mean because i was hoping we, you were going to talk to me about sports because i was waiting to tell you the whole like fair weather fan bit because that I'm is so happy you did my god that's so weird to me yeah because and that's the thing and unfortunately when i there are times where i would go to dodger games and i would just be with my dad's like look at all these fake dodger fans are leaving before the game is officially over like the only look, at all these, I, look at all these fake Flash fans. They only watch the CW. God. Yeah. That's the yeah. same it's the same shit. Like the, the only time I ever left a Dodger game is because my dad had a really bad leg affection and we were at the game and during like the fifth inning he was in so much pain that we had to leave. Yeah. And even one time I took Fanny to a game, it was just her and I. Uh the Dodgers were losing, and then seventh inning, she asked me, he's like, Hey Ben, the Dodgers are gonna lose. Can we go? I'm like, No. <laughs> we, don't, we don't leave until the last I mean, the Dodgers did lose. And on the way home, she's like, see, I told you the Dodgers were going to lose. It's like, you still didn't. You got lucky. Um, One of two things was going to happen. Yeah. Legitimately, though, if you wanted to start a, a sports podcast with anybody on the show or anybody else. But, yeah, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd really I'd be really into that uh, right. idea. Um, But I think that's a good note to end this on. Yeah, I think so, too. About a little bit over an hour. That's fine. Yeah. Um, All right, buddy. Thank you so much for this. This was great. It gave me a lot of good shit. No problem. Um, so why don't you... I like to give a... I mean, look, everybody knows you from yeah. what I've said at this point. <laughs> but I, I, I do this at the end of every show, and it would feel yeah. disingenuous to not give you the space. So why don't you pitch whatever you want? Well, I'll probably pitch more of my own personal socials than I will Fickner Podcast, because you and I, we do the Fickner Podcast every week at sun, on Sundays. Um so we're still doing, we're, yeah, we're doing, we're going to be doing, uh, we're still doing the live shows. We're going to be together soon. We're still trying to figure the logistics of that out, but thick nerds are together again in person because we're all vaccinated and yay. Can't wait for that to happen. Can't wait for that to be yeah. Yay. Screw you pandemic. But, uh, me personally, um, I am Ben magnet 27 on Instagram and Twitter. Mostly right now. Um, I, at the time of this recording, especially my Instagram is pretty much just pictures of my cat. Cause you, because uh, she's just like the cutest thing in the world, but also no shame. Um, no shame. But also on, on Twitter, like Brandon said earlier, I'm part of the retro gaming community. I would, I'm totally fine. I'm totally open to be part of more communities. Although I'm, don't know if I want to be part of the comic books community on Twitter because of all the horror stories Ryan has told me. 
but yeah, if you want to get in t- if you want to get in touch with me on Twitter on Twitter, it's Ben Magnet twenty seven on Instagram. If you want to follow me on Instagram, it's Ben Magnet twenty seven as well. Um, if you also like old school video games, I write for OldSchoolGamerMagazine.com. I have, as of this recording, almost 50 articles up on that website, and I've only been with them for just under a year. Very cool. Yeah, so it's all, it's like 90% retro articles. There's a few um, reviews on there that are um, retro indie inspired I'm really proud of. So yeah, go ahead, go to oldschoolgamermagazine.com. Just like scroll down, find one of my articles, click on my name, and then you can go back to all my all my articles are there. So yeah. You also have a Ready Player Two review up on our website, www.fakenerdpodcast.com. Oh, yeah, I totally, you know, I actually have some good ideas to write stuff for the Fake Nerd, uh, for the Fake Nerd website too. Do it. I, I need to, damn. But yeah, I have a review of Ready Player Two where I give that book a scalding review because my lord, that was bad. Uh, I I recommend it. Okay, well, my friend, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is a lot of fun. I'm, I hope you had a good time. I did. Yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for thanks for finally asking me to come on because I was either is either you're gonna ask me first or I was gonna ask you first. I like to spread it out, so I like yeah. to space it space it out to oh yeah because i i know you guys so yeah. um you have okay. a hard line to all of us so it's it's one of those things it's like okay i think now i'm gonna have so and so yeah it, it's on. it's you guys are the easiest people to get on the show yeah because all you have to do is like hey do you want to yes yeah exactly all right well thank you again man this is great um uh, uh yeah how do I end this? Oh, all right. Uh, yeah, future yeah. me. Take it, take it away. Was I was about to say, it's like future you is going to come in and talk about that. And uh, thank you to Ben Magnet from the Fake Nerd Podcast. Um, one of my co-hosts on the Fake Nerd Podcast. Good friend of mine. I've known him since college, guys. Uh, it's crazy. Um, the freshman year in college, we met at uh, this place called Geronimo's, which is where, which is where we ate dinner a lot of the time at that... Uh, place at that college anyway so yeah so that was ben magnet uh i really appreciate you coming on the show man um you know obviously we collaborate a lot so i can't that's redundant but uh yeah so thank you so much to that i hope you guys liked the episode i i know i had a good time uh recording it and you know that's really the important thing is in uh is having a good time recording it but also i want you guys to get some value in it and i think his experiences um, have that value and I think are very relatable in that way. Uh, like I said during the episode and uh, up top, but just a reminder, he um, has been killing it in the retro gaming uh, spaces, fandom spaces, uh, with a podcast that he does on our network called the Basement Arcade Pause Menu. Um, that's an audio and a visual, visual show. Uh, I'll link the most recent episode there, um, the audio version of it and the video version of it um and i'll link his most recent article which just dropped actually at the time of this recording um he's been killing it i'm really happy with him uh proud seems weird but it's it is a kind of sense of pride and my friend uh finding some sort of success in the in a fandom space it's it's nice um okay that's really all i got uh next week i don't immediately have who's up next week there it is oh yeah christian christian renteria i'm sorry you're probably listening to this um renteria 
probably that one. Um, yeah, that's a good one. I'm excited for you guys to hear that one. Um, okay, that's really it. Um, cool. So without further ado, I guess I'll just pitch myself. Um, you can check out more shows on the Fake Nerd Family of Podcasts. Fake Nerd Podcast Family of Podcasts. I still don't like saying network, honestly. Um, where you can find Fake Nerds Watch, where we are currently going through What If um, and Star Trek Lower Decks. Uh, I'm on both of those shows. Uh, there's Basement Arcade. Uh, new episodes of Basement Arcade are coming. We're recording them. We're really excited about them. There's Basement Arcade Pause Mini, which I talked about. And I'll link his most recent episode below. There's the Fickner Book Club, which is still on hiatus. We're working on getting that one back. And then there's Animation Station. The most recent episode of that was about Transformers, War for Cybertron Kingdom. Um, the second two seasons of Transformers, War for Cybertron anime are available on Animation Station. If you want to hear more about Ben, uh, he's on all the things that I just mentioned. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. And, of course, there's the Fake Nerd Podcast, uh, which is the Mothership show. And last week, we just talked about Free Guy. And this coming week, we are talking about Candyman. So, uh, both of which are very exciting. Uh, so, stay tuned for that. You can check out our live recordings on Sunday night uh, on YouTube. Or you can just wait for the episode to drop on Monday if I get it out on time. Okay, um, that's really all I got. So, you know, make sure to subscribe, tell your friends, all that jazz. Um, I'm on all the podcast uh, platforms you can find. Um, there's also leaving a review. Leaving a review would be great. I'd love to hear I'd love to hear some feedback or, or rating. Um, that'd be awesome. Uh, you can find me generally at BT McClure on all the social medias. Um, Fakner Podcast is that on all social medias. Fakenerguys at gmail.com. Oh, uh, if you want to be on the show, uh, please let me know. I'd love to hear from you guys. You can find me on all the social medias, obviously, um, anywhere. But, hey, uh, you know, uh, email me as well, ficknerguys at gmail.com if you'd like to get in touch with me. Okay, I'm gold-blooming, as community said. Uh, yeah. Okay, that's it. Um, until next time, guys, stay true to the fan in you. 